You're listening to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today we are going to talk about the dangers of over-promising. And now this can be over-promising in your business, in your personal life. If you are uh, you know, a doctor or a lawyer, or over-promising is something that we all deal with on a regular basis. Whether you are over-promising to your kids or over-promising to your boss or over-promising to your clients, I want to talk about the dangers of over-promising, the differing views concerning that, and what you can do about the whole over-promising situation. Before we get into the topic, just please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast over on iTunes and make sure that you leave us a rating so that we can make the podcast more visible and allow more people to benefit from the information that we're providing. All right, now, people over-promise all the time. And <clears throat> there's this school of thought that if I overpromise, I'm going to make someone happy. I'm going to make somebody think more highly of me. I'm going to win the customer over. And in business, you see a lot of people, especially the service industry, even professional services, where they know what the client is asking can be very, very difficult, but they want to land that client. And so they're going to overpromise. Overpromising is, I think, something that you should, I don't want to say never, so I'll say rarely, but never do. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, when you overpromise, you are setting the bar so high. You are not giving yourself any ability to adjust to situations that may be beyond your control or situations that you haven't anticipated because we are not mind readers. We cannot foresee what is going to happen. I mean, everybody knows Murphy's Law, right? You don't know if your best intentions just get you know shot to hell because you can't do what it is that you, you over-promised about. You know, uh, examples of overpromising are they're just everything. So you say to your kid, I'm going to take you to get ice cream today, definitely. And then things happen throughout the course of the day. And all of a sudden, you know, it's now 10 o'clock at night and you didn't get ice cream. And now your kid's like, hey, you lied to me. And you're trying to reason with your seven year old, no, no, I didn't lie to you. It's just, it didn't happen today, and here's why. And that's just a very, very basic level uh, over-promising example. But let's put it into the business world and say, all right, you have a client that says to you, um, let, let's say, let's just say it's a medical procedure. Let's say it's a plastic surgeon. And you go into the plastic surgeon and you say, hey, listen, I have the world's ugliest ears, and and I want to have my ears smaller and and uh, you know, back to my head so I don't look like Dumbo. And the doctor hears all this. And he says, well, you know, uh, medical procedures, they carry risks. And she says to the doctor, 
oh, that's okay. You know, I've, I've already been to a few plastic surgeons. I'm trying to decide who I want to use. And, um, you know, if you don't think you can do it, it's okay. And the doctor automatically, knowing that he could potentially lose this patient, this, this customer, says, no, 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 that's no, I'm just trying to make you aware. My obligation is to let you know about the risks associated with it. But you know what? I can fix your ears. And I can give you the best-looking ears around. And you are going to be so thrilled with these ears when I'm done. Uh, it, it, you're going to be so happy. So we can we can do this, and we can move the ears here, and I can reduce the uh, the way that they stick out. And it's it's going to be, you're going to be happy. Oh, well, she loves it. Oh, I knew I made the right choice. I knew I came to the right doctor. Now, you get the, the patient on the operating table, and you realize, oh, man, there is you know, something structural that is going to create a problem for me and I can't necessarily do what I wanted to do. Or, or let's say that that's not the issue, but the issue is you do what you think is best. You make those ears showcases. I mean, they're the best ears you've ever seen, right? You just, you, you love these ears. You'd like to cut them off and put them in a jar and, and, and keep them on your shelf. That's how much you love these ears. When the patient wakes up, their expectations are different than your expectations and their subjective opinion is different than yours. And you say, look, aren't you, look at your ears. They're wonderful. And the patient says, wait a minute, you told me that you were going to give me the best ears. You told me that you were going to make me love my ears. I hate them. And you're like, what? What did I do? I gave you what I thought was, well, it can come back to overpromising. You don't know what that client is thinking. You might think you know, you might have some idea, but you don't know exactly what the client is thinking. And when you promised her that they were going to be the best ears ever and she was going to love them, she automatically said to herself, he gets what I want and he's going to give me what it is that is pictured in my head. Now, you backed yourself into a corner because you've made these statements, made these promises. The client, patient misinterpreted them. And, you know, now you are in a situation where she could potentially turn around and and sue you and say, hey, look, malpractice, you told me you were going to do this and I hate them and you didn't do a good job. And, um, you know, whether or not that case is successful is another story. But that's one instance of overpromising. Another instance would be Let's say a lawyer says to a client, oh, you need this contract done? When do you need it by? And the client says, I need it tomorrow. And the lawyer says, yeah, no, absolutely. Because he knows that if he says, no, I can't do it tomorrow, that he could potentially lose this client. So he says yes. And then, you know, the next day he comes in, he starts working on the contract and there's a client emergency with somebody else. And the judge says, listen, we're going to have this order to show cause hearing right now. Get down here. You've got an hour to get to the courthouse. And all of a sudden, that contract's not getting done. And now you've got to call up the client and say, um, I know I told you I'd do it by tomorrow, but I can't because of the court. And, you know, and all of a sudden the, the client's furious and says, well, you promised me. You told me it would be done. And these examples go on and on and on. And I'm sure that you could come up with, you know, a dozen examples in a heartbeat of things that either you have seen or done. So 
the, the general idea here of overpromising is giving yourself deadlines that you might not actually need to have set and not giving yourself enough time to adjust to situations that may arise because, like I said, we're not mind readers. And your your reasoning for overpromising is because you don't want to lose the client, but what you might be doing is setting yourself up for failure. Failure either where the customer is completely unhappy um, and will never come back to you again. Failure where maybe they're so unhappy that they leave you a negative review online. Um, and that, of course, is going to impact your future business. Or, in a worst-case scenario, so unhappy with you that they sue you. So there's all these different things that can can happen here. And most of them, I believe, stem from the idea of overpromising. Now, let's look at... Um, different opinions here. Some people say overpromising is the way to go. You overpromise, you overpromise, you get the client in and then and then you deliver. And that's great. That's that's wonderful. Um but what if you can't? And that's where the problem is when you have locked yourself into a corner, you've backed yourself into a corner and now you can't get out. And now you're the one that's up till four o'clock in the morning trying to get something done because you promised this this person. And I think you have to look at, did this need to be promised in this way? Did I need to overpromise to get this client? Now, I'm not talking about those situations where you get a client that calls you up and says, I need this product delivered tomorrow. It is urgent. If you can do it and it's going to take a little work, but you know, you know what the, the the parameters of your assignment are to get them this this product by this you know time tomorrow, and you can do it. Then it's okay, right? But that's not overpromising. Overpromising is where you're the one saying you need it by Thursday. I can get it to you by Tuesday. So that to me is the distinction between overpromising and accommodating someone. Uh, you know, if you can adhere to that deadline, then by all means do it and, you know, win uh, the support of that customer for being able to to live up to expectations. But when you overpromise, you are the one that is setting the expectations higher than they need to be. Look, you know, you can argue with me all you want and tell me that it's better to overpromise. I will never agree with that because, when I was a young lawyer and I first started out, you know, I was working at a really large law firm in Manhattan. Um, there were something like 300 attorneys in this place. And my philosophy was, okay, overpromise. If they say, can you do this? I'll say, I can do it and more. And what you find yourself doing is constantly playing catch up where now you've set the bar high and they expect that not only can you do what they've asked you to do, but that you can do all of these other things that you overpromised about. And, you know, what I found myself doing as this, this brand new attorney was running around, spending all of my time trying to learn the things that I said I could do and then, you know, trying to fulfill what these expectations that I now created actually were, and it was extremely stressful. 
you know, as as all these years have gone by and, you know, it's been a long time since I was a brand new attorney, I learned that in, you know, my field, you want to give people accurate, fair, honest assessments and and set the expectations where they really should be. So I do not believe that overpromising is any benefit to you whatsoever. Um, you know, and and there are those those clients out there and customers that you're going to say, well, I have to overpromise because I want to tell them what they want to hear. That's the worst thing you can do. Telling someone what they want to hear, even if you're not a hundred percent sure that it's accurate. That is overpromising in a different way, but it's still overpromising and it's still detrimental to you because somebody says, you know, in a, in a lawsuit um, example, I want to recover $50,000 from this lawsuit and you as the experienced attorney know that you're not going to recover $50,000. Maybe you'll recover 30 or 40, um, but you're not going to get 50. And in order to appease the client, you foolishly say to them, I understand you want to get 50. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get 50. We're going to get, we're going to get as close to 50 as possible. Now, all that client hears is we're going to get 50. We're going to get close to 50. Close to 50 is $49,999. That's close to 50. That's what runs through their mind. So in that example, that attorney has now set an unrealistic expectation. And when you set those expectations so high, you are never able to fulfill them. And therefore, all you do is create trouble for yourself. Trouble, like I said earlier, in the sense of negative reviews, clients who won't recommend you, clients who are mad at you, or the worst case scenario, a client that turns around and sues you. So if setting expectations too high and overpromising is not what you should do. Do we do the flip of that, which is the old adage, underpromise and overdeliver? Is that something that we do? Um, you know, one of the, I think, masters of uh, overpromising or underpromising and over overdelivering is uh, Scotty from, from Star Trek. I don't even know if she can be repaired. So you remember... Scotty, Mr. Scott, and every time Captain Kirk would ask him to do something, he'd say things like what he just said. I don't even know if the ship can be repaired. Meanwhile, he knows it can, and when he does it and repairs the ship, you know, he's a hero. Uh, Captain Kirk says to him, I need this done in two hours, and Mr. Scott says, two hours? That's going to be four hours. And Captain Kirk says, I don't have four hours. And then Scotty does it in an hour. Now, to some extent, the over-exaggeration of an under-promise is not a good thing because then that's dishonest and it looks like you are just somebody that can't be trusted. So in other words, when you under-promise and you say to somebody, hey, look, you know, um, I, I, it's going to take me a week to get this done and then you get it done in a day or two. Well, is it a bad thing? No, but let's say you do that with the same client repeatedly. They're going to start believing that your under-promising is deliberate, and then they're going to have the expectation that you're going to get it done. 
in two days. So you see how that could backfire. So there's a balance. There is a balance that you must strike when under-promising and over-delivering. And that balance is that the under-promising must be within reason. You cannot say, I'm going to tell somebody that they're going to recover $2 in a lawsuit and then you get them $200,000 because it looks disingenuous. It looks like you were deliberately trying to set the bar so low so that you would have no issues. I do believe that you need to be honest and as accurate as possible with your uh, setting of expectations and with your under-promising. You know, there, there's, like I said, there's this balance. You can't just go in and make ridiculous under-promises because then they don't amount to anything and nobody believes you and you look like a liar and, you know, that's certainly not a good way to maintain quality client relationships. However, if you can be reasonable in your setting of expectations, then I think you will have pulled off a Mr. Scott because now you are, and I'm not talking about Michael Scott because Michael Scott was an overpromiser in a lot of the things that he said and you saw what happened to him, even though he was the greatest boss ever, I think. Um, but with Scotty, you know, you believe him because his, his, lowered expectations and his under-promising wasn't so blown out of proportion or over the top that you thought he was lying to you. You just thought he was a very good engineer, and that's why he was able to get the enterprise to run, um, even though you know he didn't think he could get it done. So he tells Captain Kirk, I don't even know if I can get her to, to run, get her repaired, Captain. And then he does, and you know th- that wasn't so uh, grossly offensive, if you will, that somebody would say, I just never trust this guy. He always does that. He always says it's going to be seven days and then you have it in a day. Now you, you, you look like a liar. So don't do that. What you should do is rationally and reasonably assess what you can do. So if somebody says to you, let's say you own a retail store, right? And you, maybe it's furniture. And somebody says to you, hey, listen, I really need this furniture by Saturday and you know that you can get it on Tuesday or Wednesday, no problem. Like you know that if you say Tuesday, you'll have it there. And even if you don't, you've given yourself a few days buffer, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it wouldn't be a terrible thing if you know you can get it Tuesday to say to the person, listen, I am fairly certain I can get it to you before Wednesday. Now, you have under-promised within reason. You have said before Wednesday or honor before Wednesday. Wednesday is what they hear. And if you say, hey, listen, it, it came in and it's Tuesday morning, then that's a, a good, solid, reasonable under promise. You've done it to give yourself a little bit of a buffer. You're not lying to the client. You're not exaggerating to a ridiculous extent. You're not over promising. You're not overextending yourself and it's all going to work out. Now, the same is true with a doctor or a lawyer. You know, lawyers are notorious, especially young personal injury lawyers who are very aggressive and they want to make sure that their client, um, you know, stays with them and, and believes in them. So they'll say to them, 
oh, your case is worth at least $100,000. Now, you don't know, in particular in a lawsuit, what's going to happen from the first time you meet the client and you tell the client that their case is worth at least $100,000. For all you know, evidence could be uncovered throughout the case where your client is shown to be a liar or there are other witnesses who have stories that make a jury wonder if your client is actually as injured as he or she says they are. So there are all these little things that can pop up. And now if you've said to your client, oh, you're you're you know entitled to at least $100, 100000 and then you end up settling for seventy five, what do you think that client thinks? Well, they think you're a liar, right? Because you've locked yourself into that, that over-promising. Now, the flip of that is what I mentioned earlier. You say I can get you, you know, look, your, your lawsuit's probably worth $5,000 and you end up getting them 100000 You know, when somebody gets money, they're happy and they think, oh, wow, I was expecting five and you got me two, so you're a hero. But if you do that repeatedly to the same clients, then they realize what it is you're doing. They realize the game. Um, but again, if you're a lawyer, for example, and you have a client who has expectations of recovering $100,000, I think what you should do is be reasonable with them, sit them down and explain to them the uncertainty of a jury, the fact that there are a ton of things that could happen between the complaint and a trial date that might influence or impact the outcome of the case. And you talk to them about that. You you explain to them why they might not get $100,000, even though you want them to get the maximum and you're going to tell that to them. Listen, I want you to get the most that you can out of this case. That being said, I can't promise you that you're going to get $100,000. In fact, you might get less. And even if you know a jury gives you less, you have the opportunity to potentially settle before you get to that point. And maybe at settlement, you might get even a little bit less than what a jury would give you. And you lay out all of the different scenarios. You explain the the value and settlement. And you lay it all out honestly. And you say to them, look, you're looking for 100. I think you should be focused on a more reasonable number. We're going to shoot for the stars, but I think your expectation should be somewhere in the, in the realm of $50,000. Now, that's not a gross under-promise because that range, an attorney would, would tell you, is within reason. You Maybe you settle the case for 75000 but your, your expectations that you've set are reasonable. They're not too low. You didn't over-promise. And then if you do happen to get that client 95000 or 100000 then they're going to be thrilled with you. So the bottom line here is this. A, don't overpromise because now you set bars and expectations so high, you're either going to fail or you're going to create a tremendous amount of stress and pressure for yourself that's unnecessary. Number two, don't lie. Don't over-exaggerate. And so don't underpromise to an unrealistic extent. Instead, number three, strike a balance between reality or your assessment of reality and an expectation that your customer or client should have that is within reason. Not over the top. Don't think that you can promise somebody that 
their furniture won't be here till Sunday and then deliver it on, you know, Thursday and be a hero. Don't think that you can say to somebody, uh, oh, you want $200,000? Well, I'm not going to be able to get you that. The most that your case is worth is $5,000, and then you get them $2,000. Don't think that you can do that repeatedly and then have somebody say, oh, my gosh, you know, he he always values the case accurately. It's It's always low, but he always manages to get more. Come on, everybody can see through that. They can see through when people do that. So the key here, and this is really the key in business, if you want to succeed, it's got to be based in honesty and truth. It's got to be based in uh, reasonable expectations. But reason is based on truth. Don't try to deceive your customers and clients. Don't deceive them into thinking that you're better than you are. Don't deceive them into thinking that their uh, their product, their service, their case, their whatever uh, is something that is so hard to do, but you manage to do it. You're that hero. It's got to be reasonable. Reasonable when you underestimate or um, you know set the bar lower. And never, ever, in my opinion, never set goals that are so unrealistic and expectations that are so high that you're going to just set yourself up for failure. Why do that? You are better off being reasonable, better off saying, look, I know you want this, but here's what I think. And then giving yourself some room to play within that expectation range, but a reasonable expectation. It's not dishonest to tell somebody that their case is worth between 50,000 and 100,000. That's accurate. That's true. And if you focus on the lower end of that, the lower expectations, you know, you're, you're being honest and accurate because it could be low and you want to prepare them for it because there's nothing worse than, you know, the person that thinks they're going to come out with beautiful ears and then they wake up and they don't like their ears and you said they'd be beautiful. So, you know, that's, that's really where I come down on that. Don't over promise. Don't under promise. Do it within reason and then give yourself a little bit of a buffer and some leeway. All right. I hope that I didn't get too confusing at the end there because I started rambling, which I tend to do. Hopefully, uh, I made my point concerning those those over-promises and under-promises. If you have any questions about this, obviously, please don't hesitate to contact me. My contact number is in the uh, podcast description below, and it's also contained in the outro. Um, so, you know, feel free, reach out, ask your questions, and don't don't forget, submit questions. We get a lot of questions every week, and I try to go through them on the podcast or in a blog post. Uh, if you have a question and you want it answered, send it in, and we'll get to it, I promise. All right, well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. If you'd like more information about the show, or if you'd like to take advantage of our business and legal self-help resources, including our extensive video library, then visit us online at utlradio.com. You can also find us over on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Now, if you have any questions about any of the topics that you've heard discussed on today's show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for future shows, please feel free to reach out to me directly at pl at pjlesq.com, or you can call us at 201-904-2211. Please also make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also, 
share the information that you receive through this podcast with your family, your friends, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station.